welcome to the C3 Camden podcast. For more information about our church, please visit www.c3camden.church. We are so thrilled that you're listening today and we hope you enjoy the message. We are going to, uh, we're just going to share around a bit of a devotion and the purpose of doing this is just, I'm just uh, wanting to kind of inspire you. I've been praying this week and I'm saying, Lord, what have you got for our people today? And We've been doing a series here at C3 Camden called Encounters with Jesus, looking at different, uh, different encounters that people had with, with the Lord Jesus. And today, before we finish, we're going to look at an encounter of a, a man by the name of Nathaniel who encountered Jesus and uh, had a life transformation as he had this special personal encounter with the Lord Jesus. The purpose of that encounter, as you're going to see, is I want to encourage you that Nathaniel is nobody special. Can we have the house lights up a little bit so I can see? Is that all right, guys? Just so I can see some faces. There we go. Better. Thank you. Don't need to preach to the darkness on a message like this. I believe wherever you find yourself, God wants to encounter you. You're no different to Nathaniel. You might think, oh, I'm not anything special. What I love about Jesus is he finds us where we're at. He comes to where we are. He doesn't say, get your life together, get yourself sorted out, then come to me. I'm so grateful because I wouldn't be here today. The Lord found me in my mess. The Lord found me in the middle of my lost way. Wherever you find yourself, the Lord Jesus wants to encounter you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at two encounters with the Lord. One from the book of Genesis in the beginning, and then we're going to look at this account of Uh, a man called Nathaniel, one of Jesus' disciples in the book of John. And I've chosen these two encounters because they actually are linked together. I'm going to show you how in just a moment. And John, when he was uh, reiterating the story of Jesus, he is going to link Nathaniel's encounter with Jesus with the encounter that this man in the Old Testament, his name is Jacob, had with the Lord. And Jacob, for those that may not know, Jacob is the, the man who had his name changed to Israel. He is the uh, the father, his, his 12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. So he is the father of Israel in that sense. And his name was Jacob, which meant deceiver. How would you like it if your name was deceiver? Or it actually means heel grasper, like one who's just always trying to pull at the heel of others to get himself forward. That's what his name meant. And he had that character about him. He was always trying to trick people. He was like a trickster. He was trying to trick people in and out. He tricked his brother out of his birthright. He was always kind of scheming and conniving and doing stuff that wasn't integral. Integral. What's the word? Integrity. He wasn't doing stuff with integrity. And even then, God used him. You might be here today and you might think, well, that's me. That's my story. If you knew me, Pastor, if you know what I'd my life had been like, if you'd known how I'd live my way, God wouldn't use me. And it's stories like this and many others that encourage me. That God uses messed up people. God uses us right where we are at. And so in this moment, we're going to see that. We're going to see what God did with this man, Jacob. So we're going to look at some scripture from the book of Genesis. I think it's Genesis 28. I think that's about right, 28. Oh, by the way, I should introduce my friend Chris here. Pastor Chris is a, a pastor from Melbourne who's visiting with us this weekend. Can we welcome Chris? So good to have you. Has a great time. Connecting, getting to know each other a little bit. I've eaten lots of food. Still got our dinner yet too. 
So uh, wonderful to have you, Chris. So we're going to look at this story. And what has happened is Jacob has uh, just received the, he deceived his brother out of the birthright. I haven't got time to go on what the birthright meant, but it meant that he had uh, a special blessing within the family. He was going to inherit a lot of the property in the family. And he had deceived his brother out of that birthright, so much so that his brother uh, was out to get him. And so he went from having this uh, birthright where he would, when his father died, he would take on this uh, mantle as the head of the, the household, the statesman of the household. And instead of that, he finds himself fleeing because his brother wants to kill him. And his mum says, if you don't get out of here, you're not going to be around much longer. So he flees. And it says, Jacob left Beersheba and he travelled toward Haran. Haran was his family, uh, his family of origin. His grandfather, Abraham, had come from Haran. There was a family connection there and he was travelling back there to try to find something. And it says, at sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and he stopped there for the night. The word good place doesn't really describe this place. There's nothing good about this place. It's really a poor translation in the New Living Translation. The Hebrew word that we translate good place, maybe it means convenient place. Like, you know, it's like my wife's country town where she grew up. It's the middle of nowhere, literally. It's a good place in the sense that it's roughly halfway between Sydney and Adelaide, so it's a good place to stop. After It's a day's journey from Sydney, so it's a good place to stop. Let me tell you, sorry, apologies to all the people from Gulgao. It's not really that good a place. It's convenient. It's a nice town, but it wouldn't be up there with, like, you know, the greatest cities to go and visit on your holiday or anything. It's like it's got a pub, a club, and about 350 people. That's, it's a good place, but it's not... It's a convenient place. That's what the picture is here. In fact, the, the Hebrew word for this says, basically the connotation is, this is a place that is in the middle of nowhere. There is nothing special about this place. And the reason I want to harp on that is because sometimes we think when we get ourselves into a certain place, that's when God's ready to do something for me. If I can just get my life sorted out, if I can just work out and deal with those problems, if I can just get my finances sorted out, if I can get this done or that done, God will be ready to meet with me. Well, here's Jacob running for his life, fleeing from his brother, deceiving and being deceived, messed up, seemingly going with nothing on the back but his shirt. He's like, he literally has got nothing. In fact, he hasn't even got anything to sleep on. Says he has to get a stone to rest his head. How many people think that's not really a restful night's sleep? You, uh, well, here's a good stone. That looks like a nice thing to put my head on to go to sleep for the night. This guy's got nothing. He's fleeing for his life. He comes to the middle of nowhere. And surely he's thinking, oh, I've blown it now. God's not going to come through for me now. How am I ever going to meet God now? Friends, it's in this very place that God meets him. Verse 12, as he slept, he dreams of a stairway that reached from earth up to heaven. He saw the angels of God going up and down on this stairway. Here he is in the middle of nowhere with no seeming hope for the future, going, not even knowing if his family, his extended family will even accept him when he gets there. Barely any money, barely anything to live for, in the middle of nowhere, as he dreams, he encounters God. He has a vision. I don't know whether or not sleeping on a pillow, sleeping on a stone pillow would make it more likely to have a vision or less. I'm not sure. But anyway, he has this vision 
of angels. This is temple talk. This is Garden of Eden talk. What this is a picture to Joseph, that this is a place, the middle of nowhere, where he finds himself in the middle of his mess, that place is a place where heaven touched down to earth. You don't have to do anything special, be anyone special. All you need to do is say, here I am, Lord. Will you come again? And heaven will touch down wherever you are. That's what happened to him. He saw the angels of God going up and down on the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord. And He said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of your father Isaac. The ground on which you are lying belongs to you. I am giving it to your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions to the west and the east and the north and the south and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. This is all to a man who has nothing right now. He has no descendants to speak of. He's not married. Seemingly no money. In the middle of nowhere, God meets him and God has a promise for him. I love the fact that not only does God meet us, But when He meets us, He comes with a promise for us. I don't know where you find yourself today. Friends, this story tells me God sees you. He will meet with you. And He has a word for you. Before we leave today, some people are going to have a word from God. There's some things that maybe you've seen barrenness in your world. You can't see a way forward. And God's going, hey, I've got plans for you and for your descendants. I'm going to use you to be a blessing. This is the thing I found about about the Lord is, yes, He blesses us, but He blesses us so that we can be a blessing. He doesn't bless us so we can keep. He blesses us so that we can be His instruments in this world. His promise is He will meet you where you're at. He will bless you where you're at. You will encounter Him where you're at. And He has a word for you. God's going to give some people a word today. Verse 15, what's more, I'm with you. I will protect you wherever you go. And one day I'll bring you back to this land. I'm not going to leave you until I've finished everything I have promised you. That sounds like what we've been singing. Not for a moment, not for a minute was I forsaken. Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I wasn't aware of it. Do you know we can come to church and just come not even aware that God is here. Today our team, as they've led us in worship, standing there, I'm thinking, Lord, you're in this place. You're here. Surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't aware of it. It reminds me of Hebrews chapter 10, where it says, when you gather together as God's people, you come to the heavenly Jerusalem with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. This is, this is a picture of heaven meeting earth. Today, in this moment, heaven touches down on the earth in our midst and in your lives. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. But at the same time, there was this fear because he goes, what an awesome place this is. This is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. There's a, there's a sanctity. There's a, we shouldn't be flippant about the privilege we have to gather. We shouldn't be flippant about the fact that, that the Lord promises to meet with us. Let's not just treat Jesus like a mate and pat Him on the back. There's a beauty. There's a majesty. He's the Creator. With Him, By Him, for Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing has been made that was made. He is the Creator. He's before all things. There should be a beauty and a wonder and a majesty that we can take 
we get to encounter the Son of God and He will meet us where we are at. So the next, uh, he, 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 the next morning, verse 18, the next morning he got up early. He took the stone he'd rested on his head and he set it up as a memorial pillar. Then he poured oil over it. Memorials are a big thing in the Bible. These are places of remembrance. You and I can make a memorial pillar. Some of you are going to receive a word from the Lord today before we finish. I want you to go home and I want you to memorialize that. Write it in your diary. Write it in a journal. Put it on your wall. Put it in your dashboard in your car. Begin to memorialize it so it becomes part of you. That's what happened to Jacob. He says this. He goes, he named that place Bethel or Bethel, which means the house of God, the house bet of El God, the house of God. Literally meaning that it used to be just an ordinary place called Luz, but he recognized that where God met me, that was the house. And then Jacob made this vow, if God will be with me and protect me on this journey into the unknown, and if He'll provide me food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, He will be my God. And this pillar that I've set up will become a place of worshiping God. And I'll present a tenth of everything He gives me. He makes this vow that says, I'm going to come back to this place. You know, it was over 20 years before He went back to that place. But He went back to fulfill that vow, of that promise that God had given Him. That place, the house of God. Some of you have got these house of God moments in your life and you've forgotten about them. Some of you have stood at altars. Some of you have had dreams. God has promised you things. Today might be just about awakening the memory of your previous Bethel experience. Not Bethel, the church that we were just singing about from, but Bethel, the house of God experience. Maybe this is about reminding you to soak it into flame again. God hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't forgotten you. He sees you right where you're at. And He hasn't left that promise. He said, I will never leave you until that promise comes to pass. Isn't that good? I'm so inspired by that because I'm just blown away by how good God is. So we're going to transfer into the New Testament. And we're going to have a look at this story of Nathaniel in John chapter 1. He's one of Jesus' disciples. And then before we have a time of ministry, we're going to play a clip because I got really inspired by Brian Cheek playing a clip out of The Chosen the other week. So I've chosen to chose to do a chosen clip too. Chosen to choose. Choose to chosen. We're going to do that as well on the, on the um, story of this man, Nathaniel. So I want to read about it, then I'll talk about the clip and then we'll go into it. So Jesus is in the early stages of his ministry and he's gathering disciples together. It says, next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and he said, hey, Phil, not this Phil, come, follow me. Although you have followed him faithfully. Phil went and looked for Nathanael and he said, we found the very person that Moses and the prophets spoke about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. He's the Messiah. He's the one we've been waiting for. Nathanael says, Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Phil says, come, come, come on, come see for yourself. Come and see for yourself. And as they approach Jesus, Jesus says these words to Nathanael. Now here is a genuine son of Israel in whom, what it says in this version, a man of complete integrity. Now I want you to pause for a moment. I want you to see that those words that Jesus said to Nathanael are intentional. Jesus has in mind, and you're going to see why in a moment, Jesus has in mind the very story of the encounter that Jacob had that we just read. He calls him by his other name. He doesn't call him by Jacob. Jacob means deceiver. He says, I'm going to call you by the son of Israel. And unlike Jacob, your father, who was messed up, he said, you have genuine integrity. Other versions say, man in whom there is no deceit. There's something about Nathaniel 
and His genuine heart that just is so attractive to Jesus. Jesus says, hey, Nathan, Nathaniel. Where's Nathaniel? Is he out? There he is, hiding over there. There's no, I thought we've got a Nathaniel in here. I can't not mention that. Nathaniel, in whom there is no deceit, a genuine man of integrity. In fact, Nathaniel, I'm just praying that over you right now. I just believe that God is turning you into a man like this man, a man who's going to have absolute integrity. You're going to be known by your integrity. You're going to be a man who, who brings people to Jesus because of your integrity in the years ahead. You're going to be a trustworthy man. You already are, but you're going to see that grow and grow and grow. So Nathaniel, he says to Jesus, how do you know this about me? And Jesus replied, because I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. And Nathaniel exclaims, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. So in one minute, he's gone from thinking, oh, Jesus is from this Nazareth deadbeat town. How can anything good come out of there? And Jesus says, you're a man of integrity. Now, Nathaniel could have gone, oh, thanks, that's nice. What happened was that Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree. I saw you in a place where you were looking for something. I saw you under a fig tree. And it's more than just an ordinary prophetic word. You're going to see why in a moment. There's more going on here. We don't know exactly what was going on. But when you think about it, there had to be more going on. Because the, the words of Jesus saying, hey, Nathaniel, I see you, was so transformative and so powerful to his heart that he turned from being unsure about who Jesus was to instantly recognising Him as the Messiah, the Son of God, the King of Israel. It tells me something. It tells me whatever was going on in Nathaniel's life under that fig tree was so, so significant. It was linked to a significant moment in his life that Jesus says, hey, you know what? When you were in that moment under that fig tree with everything going on in your life, I saw you. I saw you. And Theologians have discussed what might have been happening under that fig tree for, fig tree for 2,000 years. And we don't know. The fact is we don't know because Scriptures doesn't tell us. And I actually think that's intentional. Because there are fig We've been to Israel. Fig trees are absolutely everywhere. There's nothing special about fig trees. They're all over the place. The fig tree is like the middle of nowhere. Nathaniel finds himself under a fig tree in the middle of nowhere, whatever's going on inside his heart, Jesus says, I see you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to watch this clip from The Chosen, where if you haven't watched the CV series, The Chosen, I highly recommend it. It's superb. And in this, they've taken some license and just, you know, expanded on what the story might be. And I'll give you a bit of background to this story. In the story, Nathaniel had a dream to uh, be a, a, a great architect. He wanted to build synagogues for God. He wanted to build great buildings that would bring honour to the Lord. And, and, and he built and designed a building and then there was a, a building collapse. The roof collapsed in this building. This is in the story. This isn't in the Bible, okay? Bear with me. The story, the building collapsed and, and one of the people on the roof that was, I think from memory, was building it, died in the accident. And so what you find, imagine if you're Nathaniel, you have dreams to do something great for God and it all comes literally tumbling down and you're left thinking, there's nothing. I've got nothing here. And in this story, Nathaniel goes and he finds himself under the fig tree. And you're going to see it. He has the plans for his life, for this, these synagogues. And he burns up those plans as if to say, my dream is dead. All I wanted to do was serve you, Lord. And it seems like there's no hope. Maybe you feel like that. 
you've got plans for your life. God's given you plans for your life. God's given you passions and desires and life has happened and it hasn't gone the way you want. And today you might find yourself sitting in the middle of nowhere with a stone as a pillow. You might find yourself sitting under a figurative, figurative fig tree. Figurative fig tree. Should have practiced that one. A figurative fig tree. And you feel like you're burning your plans up. God, where are you? Friends, Jesus will say, I see you. I see you under that fig tree. I'm not finished with you. Because he goes on and he says this to Jesus. Jesus asks, do you believe me just because I saw you under the fig tree? I tell you what, you're not done. I'm going to do greater things. You're going to see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth. You will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending up and down on the sun of man, who is the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Jesus is saying, you know, old Jacob back there, he had a dream about heaven and earth. I am that ladder. I am the ladder. You're going to see angels descending. In me, Jesus says, heaven touches down. Everywhere I go, heaven goes. You stay close to me, you're going to experience heaven. Today is an open invitation to stay close to Jesus. So we're just going to watch this video. It goes for about six minutes. Our band are going to come back. And what I'm going to get you to do is just sing. We're going to close the service after the video. And then if you would like some prayer, I want to believe in God's going to have a word for some people today. Uh, I hope to see what the Lord does. Maybe, maybe you need a breakthrough. You need a word. You need some encouragement today. If you're feeling a bit dry, you're feeling like you're under that fig tree, I want to invite you forward. We'll close the service down. You can come forward, close the live stream down. I'm just going to spend some time praying with you that you would encounter Jesus under the fig tree in the middle of nowhere, that this day, this moment would be your Bethel moment. So let's play that video now. Thanks, Daniel. I should add the dubbing is out slightly, but you'll get the point. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. Lord our God. King of the universe. Here is Raya. The Lord is one God. The Lord is one. Let my cry come to you. 
Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. Do not hide your face from me. Do you see me? Come and see. Rabbi. Well, this is a good night. You know who stands beside you there? This is my friend, Nathaniel. Yes. The truth teller. I'm sorry? Man is often deceitful. And Israel began with Jacob, a bit of a deceiver, yes? Yes. But one of the great things about you is you are a true Israelite and whom there is no deceit. What did you say about me? What is this? How do you know me? I have known you long before Philip called you to come and see. Don't look at him, look at me. When you were in your lowest moment, and you were alone, I did not turn my face from you. I saw you under the fig tree.
I knew it. What if that didn't take long? <laughs> he doesn't mess around. Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? <laughs> you are going to see many greater things than that. Like Jacob, you are going to see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. That's me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. Good. I know you like to be clear. So, you wanted to help build something that would cause prayer and songs, something to bring souls closer to God, yes? Can you start tomorrow? Can you start tomorrow? It's me, by the way, Jesus says. Let's stand and dim those house lights again now. take some moments now team we're going to sing this song again it's okay to be emotionally moved by these moments I love the fact that the Lord is emotional I love the fact that he comes and meets us where we're at he meets you wherever you're at he's there he sees you if nothing else, today I want you to remember He sees you. He hasn't left you, forsaken you. He sees you. He wants to meet with you. So we're going to close our live stream off there. Hey, if you would like some prayer, maybe something that we've said today has spoken to you, you get in contact with us through our Facebook page. Send us a direct message and we'll get one of the team to touch base with you and maybe give you a call and pray with you just uh, to help you because we want you to encounter Jesus as well wherever you are. I'm just so grateful that, you know, you might be in your car right now watching this, listening to this, not watching this while you're driving. You're listening to this. God sees you right where you're at. He wants to meet with you right where you're at. So God bless you. Thanks for being with us online. Have a great week and hope you can join us in person next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message from our church. We pray that you feel empowered by what you've heard today. We hope that you can stay connected by following us online. You can find us at C3 Camden on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube or visit our website at www.c3camden.church You always will